More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, choosing abundance. Stop settling for less in your life or relationships. We're going to help you discover the abundant life God has planned for you. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical theology of the body based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, Choosing Abundance. We want to help you stop settling for less in your life and relationships and enable you to discover the abundant life God is calling you to. Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Of course, if you're listening later in the day to... Let me say that again. Later in the day, to the More to Life podcast, you can also get your questions to us via email. And that address is questions at moretoliferadio.com. That's with the number two, questions at moretoliferadio.com. Well, now, Greg, you've got a lot of our listeners kind of doing the record scratch here because it's the first Friday in Lent. What are you talking about living in abundance? Isn't that an Easter thing? Don't we have to wait for 40 days or so to be able to even think about abundance? Aren't we supposed to be just, you know, sitting on a dung heap covered in ash? (laughs) What are you talking about living an abundant life on the first Friday of Lent? Well, Lent is really all about stepping back from all the ways that we are denying God's grace and that we are denying the abundant life that he's calling us to. We we use Lent as a time of kind of, I used the metaphor the other day, of cleaning out that room, those rooms with all the junk in it that prevents us from being able to move in all the things that God wants to have us to have in our homes. I mean, sometimes the cleaning out is cleaning out uh, an incorrect <clears throat> view of ourselves where we just are deriding ourselves and putting ourselves down and not living in the dignity of being a son or daughter of God. Sometimes the junk that we have to clean out is getting our relationships in right order, whether those are relationships that are actually leading us into mortal sin because of of sexual problems and sexual things that we're doing that aren't in right order with God's will, Sometimes it's just our relationships with, you know, our kinfolk who are just, you know, we are not kinfolk. putting up the boundaries that we need to put up, that we are not requiring them to treat us with the dignity we deserve as children of God, or that we're not treating them with that dignity, respecting them enough to call them on to certain things. There's a myriad of things that we need to do during Lent that isn't about, you know, giving up chocolate or, you know, giving up our our screens. 
No, they're really the interior work that are that's going to lead us to an abundant life, a life in which we flourish in God and flourish in our relationships and flourish in his will for our life and where he wants us to be going, both in this life and the next. Well, I want to, you know, right up front, um, since we're talking about this, uh, address something that, that there's a lot of confusion about, the idea of, of acceptance, you know, that, that we, that the Christian is called to to practice sort of attitude of acceptance. Um, and and there's a difference between acceptance and settling, right? Where acceptance is really our ability to see things for what they are and make a plan to improve them. Where settling is seeing things through a powerless lens. So when we accept a situation for what it is, we stop pretending that things are better than they are so that we can avoid doing the work and fixing them. Uh, and, and true acceptance, we become capable of cooperating with God's grace to make that situation what it's meant to be. And the thing is, you know, the world has fallen, right? So God has chosen us, his children, his family, to do the work of cooperating with his grace to set it right again. And that's what abundance is really all about. It's not prosperity gospel. It's, it's seeing what is wrong in our life and relationships, bringing it to God, accepting it, that, that this is what it is, but then saying, Lord, teach me how to respond to this in a way that will glorify you and help me build your kingdom and bring about the transformation that you have for my little corner of your kingdom. It's it's really as I hear you saying this, it's it's getting the getting rid of the let's pretend. You know, it's getting rid of I'm going to look all shiny and great and my family's going to look perfect when we go to mass or when we're out and about in public or when we're with extended family or friends. But underneath I'm in agony in my marriage. It's not going the way it should. It's floundering. I don't feel like we're being everything we should be as a couple. I'm going to just continue to settle for my kid's snarly attitude, the lack of closeness we have, the lack of respect that exists in our relationship, the struggle that's going on there. I'm going to continue to just settle for how I feel in in my life about my relationships, about where I am, and I'm not going to bring it to God to fix it because I'm somehow ashamed or I'm somehow being convinced by Satan that this is all I'm worth. It's moving all of that out of the way, isn't it? That's right. So give us a call, uh, 877-573-7825. Is some challenge or setback you're facing in your life or relationships tempting you to settle? You know, maybe you feel unfulfilled in your work or you're frustrated with your marriage or you're struggling in a relationship with your kids, whether they're young kids or adult kids. Maybe you feel disappointed by the way certain things are turning out despite your best efforts to make a change. Or for that matter, maybe you care about somebody that you see as settling and you're not sure how to support them or motivate them to pursue more in their life. That's a huge one. Either way, give us a call. We want to help you discern the next steps toward the abundant life God is calling you to live. That number again, 877 573 7825 Seven eight two five. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And for folks who don't know what that is, St. John Paul, when he was Pope, gave a series of reflections over the course of five years um, where he looked at how we could discover God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships by prayerfully contemplating God's design of creation, especially 
the way he designed our bodies. The theology of the body reminds us to stop settling, to see that God wants to fulfill the deepest longings of our hearts for love that doesn't fail, for relationships that are fulfilling, and for a life that reflects the power of God's grace. The world is broken, but God has chosen us, his children, to cooperate with his grace to make things the way God intends them to be once again. St. John Paul reminded us that we need to keep our eyes not on what we think is possible through our own power, but on what God wants to make of our lives and relationships. Our job is to stop being intimidated about how little we can change on our own power. Instead, we need to courageously lean into God's grace and the vision he has for our lives so that we can become what he created us to be and build his kingdom. You know, but how does that fit with the idea that Christians need to die to ourselves? Right? You know, this whole pursuit of abundance thing. How does that how does that fit with that very true thing? Uh, that we are all taught that we need to learn to die to ourselves. Well, dying to ourselves isn't the same thing as settling. Dying to ourselves means acknowledging that even though God wants to make things better, we don't know on our own power how to make that happen. In fact, the more we try to improve our lives and relationships under our own power, the worse things tend to get. Dying to ourselves, then, means surrendering our plans for making the thing better, especially when those plans don't seem to be working. Um, and instead, really asking God to teach us how to respond to it. So we do that by actually bringing the desire to make our life or relationships better to God and saying, okay, Lord, I know that you want to make more of this, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do to make that happen. Teach me. Show me the next steps. Help me to know what you want me to do and make me willing to do it. And if we can make that our daily prayer in the face of the struggles we encounter in our marriage or our family life or our personal lives, God will teach us step by step, day by day, moment by moment, how to be the overcomers we were created to be. So it's time to stop settling for less in your life or relationships. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let's talk about those challenges or setbacks that are tempting you to settle whether that's feeling unfulfilled in your work, frustrated with your marriage, struggling in your relationship with your young or adult kids, feeling disappointed by the way certain things are turning out despite your best efforts to make that change, or support someone you care about in not settling in their life. Either way, give us a call. Let us help you discern those next steps toward the abundant life God is calling you to live. 877 573 Seven eight two five. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the, the Father, Father, the, the Son, Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we bring to you all the challenges that we face in every part of our life and in every part of our relationships, and we ask you for the perseverance, for the fortitude, and all the graces and virtues we need to not settle, but rather cooperate with your grace to make things right, to make them what you want them to be. Lord, you privilege us by asking us to work with you, to cooperate with your grace, to build the kingdom. And so we respond to all the challenges in this broken world by bringing them to you. And instead of just 
seeing those problems through our own eyes and being discouraged by how little is possible through our own power, we ask you to help us to see all those situations through your eyes so that we might know that all things work for the good of those who love you. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name of the Father, Father, the the Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled Choosing Abundance. As we talk about avoiding the temptation to settle for less in our life or relationships than God wants for us. You know, he has chosen us to build his kingdom, which means facing the fact that the world is broken and that God has put us in the position to cooperate with his grace to make it right again. So let's talk about what that means for you so that you can stop settling and start choosing abundance in your life and all your relationships. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Sarah, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Iowa on Covenant Radio. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Hi, yeah. Um, I am calling um, because I have my brother. I'm in a family of 12, and I have one brother who I was, like, so close to. We hung out all the time. We text, and just we could call each other and everything. Um, and about over a little over a year ago, he ended up meeting someone. They're now engaged, and they're getting married um, this year. Um, since he started, you know, getting along with this girl and stuff, He's kind of slowly faded out and not talking to, he completely doesn't talk to me anymore. Just completely me, um, doesn't talk to any of the sisters, which there's six girls, won't talk to any of us. Um, he talks to one brother, and then he kind of just, you know, hangs out a little bit here and there. Yes, this, this, the sounds more, this sounds less like he drifted away, though, and more like something happened that offended him. Is that the case, or did he really just, just um, drifted? It, no, it might have something might have offended him, and that may just be because we had um, kind of noticed things that she has done, and you know he moved in with her, which that's something that we are totally against. With we, talked I was going to say, that. did you guys confront him on that? Not that that's a bad thing, but yeah. did you confront him on yeah, that, and no, did that affect the timeline here? I think that's kind of what happened is all of us kind mm. of confronted him all at the same time. So he was living with, it all started because he was living with my brother, my other brother, and then he decided they were going to move in together. She obviously pushed that. Um, and then she moved in, and then he, my other brother got kicked out a month later. She basically was like, mm. you know, he needs to go or whatever. So he got kicked out, and then so he had issues with my brother, and then we all kind of just were upset with about that whole situation. Um, and then we kind of confronted him a little bit. And then there's just been small things here and there that keep coming up. And now they're saying they want to adopt and he doesn't want his own kids, which he's in a family of 12. He's always wanted kids. And I don't know. It's just things keep coming up that don't. Sound so like what can mother. we do for you today? What, what's 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 your question um, for us here? So, so my thing is. I love him to death, and I, I text him all the time, and he's just not responding to me. And I don't know if it's that she blocked me or whatever, but I named my son after him. Um, that's how close we were. Um, and he's the godfather of my son. But the fact that he's not, he won't, my, my son's birthday was yesterday, so it weighed on me. I was hoping that he'd actually reach out and be like, you know, happy birthday and whatnot to my son, who's his godson. And, uh, nothing so my husband's like you just need to cut him out of your life you know 
if he, this is hurting you too much, you just need to cut him out of your life. And I just can't do that because I love him so much. Just, I just don't know how else to reach out with him if he just keeps ignoring me. But I'll text him every once in a while, hoping that he'll see it, just say I'm praying for him and his future wife, no matter what, I'll love him and hope that their life is, have God in the you know, center. And I just don't know what else to do from here. You say that he still talks to one brother. Um, is that brother willing to be any kind of an intermediary for you? Um, I'm not sure if he would be, um, I could, you know, kind of reach out to him and see what he would say, I guess. And, why, why do you but, think he wouldn't be? Um, just because he's had issues with me as well. I promise I'm not the problem, but we've had issues just, um, before and I just hope that he would, he would maybe say something, but I just also don't know. We kind of finally just started talking again and hanging out and whatnot, okay. so... All right. Well, you know, take it to prayer. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't, if you think that it wouldn't go well. Um, but, you know, um, the way I would approach your brother, if you decided to, is not to complain about your other brother, but rather to say, you know, I'm afraid that, you know, we, we want the best for, for him. Right. Um, and and we, we want him to be happy and we want him to not settle in his life for less than he deserves. And, you know, so when he moved in with the girl, we were concerned that he was settling. But maybe we came on a little too strong, and maybe we pushed him away, and that's certainly not what I ever intended to do. Um, w- would you be willing to let him know when you talk to him again that, that I love him very much and, and that I really miss him, and that it would mean a lot? And I've been texting him regularly, but he never writes back, and I'd really love to be able to reestablish some kind of relationship with him, whatever whatever kind of relationship he wants to have. Um, I would I would like I would be open to that, and just kind of do it that way. And you know, if you come at your your brother who you had problems with previously and, and you're saying you know i don't understand why he's being this way and kind of you know, th- that's probably gonna put him off but if, if you pu- if you put it the way i suggested um that that has a better chance of succeeding because you're really just kind of talking from your heart and you're acknowledging that you know despite your best intentions maybe you came off in a way that, that, that pushed him away and unintentionally um and that that you know you're sad about that and that you miss him and that you love him and that you you'd just love to be willing to have whatever kind of relationship he's willing to have with you even even if it was just texting um, or, you know, say, you know, if he has things to work out with me, if he's mad at me about something, I'm absolutely willing to hear any of those things that he would have to say and, and really just listen. Um, but I just wanted to pass that message along if he'd be willing to. Because what you want to do is keep sort of a crack in the door open so that as this plays out, and it may not play out well, you and your sisters were absolutely right. I, I, you, you talked to him because he was choosing to live in a state of mortal sin. He said he wanted to marry this woman, and he didn't wait for that, and they moved in together, and just doing that often bears really bad fruit. And he's, he's running away from you and your sisters because he doesn't want to look at that in the face, right? But God keeps accompanying us through all of our sin, inviting us back into relationship with him so you don't want to compromise and suddenly say yeah we think it's great you're living with this girl but you do want to say just as jesus says to us i'm here i love you i'm here if you want to talk i'd like to have a relationship with you that's not condoning what he's doing you've made that statement loud and clear to him rightly so but you do want to imitate jesus in that i'm still here because sometime he is going to want his family back. And so keeping that door open to a point 
and just letting him know that you're open to still having a relationship with him and inviting him back is is the way to eventually possibly build that up as this may not bear very good fruit for him in his life. In the meantime, I suggest you keep up the texting, you know, send him a card occasionally for his birthday or for those holidays when you just let him know that you love him, that you really do miss him, and you'd love to have some kind of relationship with him. Uh, you know, just just keep the door open to possibility of reconciling things. Um, you know, I, I would... You mentioned to our screener in passing, you didn't say this to us, but, but you said something about, you know, there's a point, you're at the point where you're trying to decide whether to replace him as godfather to your son. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know how to do that. No. I mean, there's no, there's no way to really do that. And you know, if and, your son ever asks when he's grown, you know, why was he my grandfather, a godfather, and he didn't really, you know, live the Catholic life? Well, you can say at the time he was, and it's sort of a cautionary tale. So, you know... Be, be your best man of God yourself. But, you know, yeah. So, I mean, I, I would resist doing anything kind of dramatic yeah. or negative that would sort of try to call, you know, more, I don't know, cause more problems, basically. At this point, you know, you, you've done all the things you can do to try to challenge him. Now you want to take a more, a softer approach that invites him into relationship. With that, we got to go to break. But we'll be back in just a minute. Stick around. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I said to the churches one day, what do you think you're going to look like in heaven? Oh, some of them had absolutely magnificent ideas. I didn't think of one of them. So I got desperate because then my turn came. I didn't know what to say. And so in desperation, I said, what do you think I'll wear in heaven? And they all said with one voice, armor. (laughs) EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Ave Maria Radio invites you to feast on the joy of fasting this Lenten season and all year long. Fast from thoughts that weaken. Feast on promises that inspire. Fast from problems. Feast on blessings. Fast from thoughts of illness. Feast on the healing power of God. Fasting is a part of true Christian life. It liberates us from this world as we grow closer to Christ. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844 398 9399. That's 844 398 9399. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today our show is titled Choosing Abundance, as we talk about how do we stop settling in our life and relationships. 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Rachel Isaac. She is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com. 
She specializes in the psychology of success and directs the St. Sebastian Program for Performance Excellence at CatholicCounselors.com. Rachel, welcome to More to Life. Thank you for having me. So you wanted to talk about one common mistake that, that we make in terms of our self-talk that undermines our ability to pursue abundance. Yeah, and you know, one of the biggest and most common self-talk traps is the mindset of what if. So when we're faced with a new opportunity, new experience, the possibility of change, our mind automatically turns to what if, fill in the worst case scenario. <laughs> the what ifs can leave us with those unanswered questions and solely a sense of uncertainty. The what ifs really hold us back from abundance because they make us feel completely inadequate, disempowered, and even unsafe. So to counter this mindset and allow ourselves to move towards the abundance God calls us to, we can really make one simple change. Simply replacing the what-if question with an even-if statement. So an example of this might be, what if I don't know all the questions on the test, right? Cue feelings of anxiety and panic. (laughs) Now change that question to the statement, even if I don't know all the answers or to the questions on the test, you know, I can still make an educated guess. So changing the one word what to even replaces the question mark with a comma, and the thinking part of our brain is then prompted to finish the sentence. Our brain doesn't like incomplete sentences. So when we change that what if to even if, it triggers the solution-focused part of our brain to answer the question, which leaves us with a greater sense of empowerment, certainty, and even courage. The what if leaves us questioning ourselves, the situation, and God, whereas the even if allows us to pursue the opportunities God puts in our life because we feel safer and more capable to take the next steps in life. Even if we don't have it all figured out yet, which of course none of us do, but God does. And with that even if mindset, we can trust him in a greater way to lead us towards the abundance he has in store for us. I really love that idea. It's a simple, simple suggestion, but it really does change things. You know, instead of giving into that fear of, well, what if that terrible thing happens or what if this difficult challenge emerges? I'm saying, well, even if this thing happens, then this is what I could do about it. Or at least it begins to help us look for those opportunities or gives us something to take to prayer instead of just cowering in the corner, feeling like we can't possibly be up to the challenges that this next thing might involve. Right, and just being able to kind of rely on my strengths, those gifts that God's given me. Know that he, I'm not doing it alone. He's walking with me, right? It reminds me that I do have, you know, strengths and capabilities rather than simply being completely disempowered or left alone. Well, Rachel, even if it's the end of this segment, we're always happy to have you with us. And if folks would like to learn more about your good work, we encourage them to check out the St. Sebastian Center for Performance Excellence at catholiccounselors.com We're taking your calls, listeners, at 877-573-7825 We want to help you stop settling in your life or relationships and pursue the abundance that God has for you. Give us a call. Back in a minute. Which of the seven sacraments has been especially instituted by Christ to aid those who are being tried by serious illness? It is the sacrament called the anointing of the sick. This sacrament was particularly promulgated by the Apostle James, who said, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the priests of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Over the centuries, the sacrament came to be used on those who were dying, and was called extra-munction. 
But in this day and age, it is seen not as a sacrament strictly for those who are near death, but also those who are gravely ill in the hope they will recover. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Thank you for listening. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. So many people call themselves Christian, call themselves Catholic, call themselves Evangelical, whatever, and they're nothing more than members of the Church of what's happening now, as Slip Wilson used to say. You want direction, you want guidance, go to the source. Go to Jesus, go to Scripture, go to the Church teachings. Not to Whoopi Goldberg, not to, and we pray for her, but Nancy Pelosi's version of Catholicism or Joe Biden's version of Catholicism or any other politician that holds fast to their quote-unquote Catholic faith, yet consistently, consistently and blatantly not just speaks against the church, but acts against the church. We need to pray for these people, and we need to encourage bishops to stand up for the truth and not be afraid. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Hi, I'm Lisa Popcheck. St. John Bosco is an important saint for Catholic families. Although he wasn't a parent, he was renowned for being a compassionate Christian teacher and the founder of a religious order dedicated to helping and educating children. At the time, people believed that children were little better than animals who responded only to physical punishment and harsh correction. One day in prayer, St. John Bosco received a heavenly vision where the Blessed Mother told him that children should be corrected not with blows, but with sweetness and charity. Deeply moved by this vision, Bosco developed an approach to discipline he called the preventive system, in contrast to what he considered to be the heavy-handed repressive system of his day. He taught his followers that even the most willful, defiant children would offer their heartfelt obedience if they were treated with love and respect. And not only did his approach work, but it raised a saint. His student, Saint Dominic Savio, is often called the first fruit of the preventive system. To learn more about Saint John Bosco and his preventive system, check out our book, Parenting Your Kids with Grace, or visit CatholicHOM.com. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today's show is titled Choosing Abundance, as we talk about overcoming the temptation to settle in our life for relationships and instead cooperating with God's grace to overcome those challenges and set things right. If a challenge or setback you're facing in your life for relationships is tempting you to settle, whether you're feeling unfulfilled in your work frustrated with your marriage, struggling in your relationship with your young or adult kids, or just disappointed by the way things are turning out despite your best efforts to make a change, give us a call. Likewise, if somebody in your life that you care about is settling and you're not sure how to motivate or encourage them, we're here for that too. We want to help you discern your next steps toward the abundant life God is calling you to live. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 
25. We're talking now with Richard, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Wisconsin on Real Presence Radio. Hey there, Richard. Welcome to More to Life. How can we help you out? Yeah, thanks. Um, so I'm an entrepreneur. I've been uh, working on starting this um, the software business. It's been over a year, um, and we're just I'm just struggling. I mean, it's it's been a dream of mine to... Mm-hmm. you know have a successful technology company and be the head of it and just create something like this and um you know it's i'm just i'm failing <laughs> i'm always behind the eight ball it feels like we're just barely ever keeping our head above my head above water and uh. Uh, you know my it's, it's been a dream of mine that i felt like a real sense of purpose and like i could really mm-hmm. bring some good in the world by doing but um I wonder sometimes if I'm deluding myself. You know, I have a wife, a kid, two kids, one on the way, and it's it's just like I, you know, I get so lost in this feeling of am I am I doing the right thing by pushing on with this, or should I be? Is this am I being selfish? Am I should I just be pursuing a more stable life career path? And um, and can I can I ask Richard, are, are you and your wife praying about all this together? Yeah, so, I mean, it's been um, one of the hardest, I mean, I guess, I look, I was raised Catholic and only in the last few months since kind of coming across 88.5 that I kind of get reconnected with my Catholic mm. faith. I, okay. I went back to Mass for the first time in, like, probably 10 years, uh, about wow. two years ago. Good for you. Uh, that's All beautiful. Right. That's a beautiful Richard. step. And it's a very important, significant step for you. And did you tell your wife that you went back to Mass? Are you discussing the fact that you're trying to lean into God because you've discovered Catholic Radio and you feel like maybe he's hinting at you that he has the answers here? Have you mentioned it to her? Um, yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked about it. Um, you know, she's not, she was not raised Catholic at all. And, um, you know, I think she's been supportive even you know in her pregnancy she's had a really hard time um mm. she's had a it's called hyperemesis where they you know they just they're mm-hmm. sick all day oh and, sure. uh, i mean we prayed together last week for i mean we've been married almost 10 years it's the first time we've ever actually said like in our father together um it was because, like, we didn't know what else to do. You know? Yeah, no, that's that's an awesome first step. That's fantastic. I, I'm, you know, I gotta congratulate you on your openness to the Holy Spirit and your willingness to to really, you know, bring your hearts to God and yeah, begin okay. to take those first steps. Um, so, listen, Richard. I mean, what the, I I pops I can't possibly tell you what to do about your business, right? But but what I want to do is give you some tips on how you and your wife can begin discerning this together. Okay. Um, and and I'll give you a resource at the end to follow up on this. And I know that you're both very new at, at kind of living the, your faith. And and uh, so you know, take this step at a time. Don't feel you know overwhelmed by what I'm offering you here. Just you know, do what you can with it. Okay. Um, but basically, you know, you can you can pray those 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 formal prayers like the Our Father or Hail Mary. You could do your Rosary if you you know whatever it is that that your heart is inclined toward because that's God moving in us. Right. We can't pray unless God moves in us to pray, right? And so whatever prayers we are doing, those are prompted by God, that you're cooperating with the Holy Spirit. One thing I would suggest, though, um, is, is that you start thinking about God as a member of your family, as, as the member of your family that, 
knows you best and loves you most. Okay, and I would and I want to encourage you to start talking to him, just like you'd talk to that that member of the family that loved you best and and well knew you best and loved you most. Okay, and so when you pray about this, you just talk. You say, Lord. I don't know what you want us to do here. You know, on the one hand, there's this desire on my heart to 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 have this company, and to run this company, and 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 and, and to be successful and do some good with this. On the other hand, you know, I, I want to be a provider for our family, and I and I want to be able to meet our needs and pay our bills. And I don't know how those things go together, because they don't seem to be working. And you know, and then you know, you, you you can encourage your wife to kind of share what's on her heart. You know, Lord, I want to support my husband, and 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 being there for him, and encouraging him in his dreams. But I'm also really scared because of X, Y, and Z. And and, and you're you're talking to God in the presence of each other. And also to bring her her intense illness in this pres- pregnancy to him as well, and say, Lord, you know, we are we were open to this life, and we are so excited for this child, but. You know, either your wife is saying I or you are saying my wife is suffering so much with this and this is adding to the stress and this is adding to the difficulty and we're just feeling exhausted and confused and we need you to guide us. And, and you talk to him like that every day. And then if you if you would like, and then we listen to God through those other kinds of prayers like the rosary or, or when we say that our father or those other formal prayers, they, those other prayers teach us how to pray and teach us how to listen. So you, we bring our hearts to God in that way, and, and we do that every day, talking about what's going on in the day, right? Um, and asking him to teach us how to respond to those things. And it doesn't have to be a big, long thing, right? I mean, the, the, the prayer I, I sort of modeled, I was looking at the clock when I did it, it was 40 seconds long, right? So it's not, it's not a huge commitment here. It's just talking to him from your heart, because he knows you best and loves you most and, and has a plan for you. Now, how do you hear his plan? You know, well, we would love it if God ever just said, Richard, I want you to do this, this, this. But that, that's not usually how it works, right? What usually happens is as you are talking to God in front of each other, the Holy Spirit kind of inclines your ear to hear certain things that the other person says or inspire certain insights that maybe you should go look into this or go look into that. Um, it, it's this very small process that, that these little promptings, St. Ignatius of Loyola called the movements of the Spirit. And you might think, well, that's my voice, or that's my idea. But if, it, if you're doing that in the course of prayer, it's probably the Holy Spirit prompting you to look at something or to do this or to do that. Um, don't, don't, don't just focus on the big question of should you continue doing the work or not. Focus on God, teach us how to respond to the situation that we're in. Help us to know what the next step is, right? Because if you focus just on the big question, you're going to ignore all the little insights and little prompts and little inspirations that you get along the way to figure out how to respond to the challenges that are directly in front of you. But, but that's how you're ultimately going to decide what God's plan is for all of this. I, I will tell you this. If you give that desire to God and say, Lord, you know, look, if, if this isn't from you, I want you to take it away from me, okay? If you really don't want me to do this, then take that desire away. But if he doesn't, and that desire is still there, then he does have a plan for fulfilling it. Now, I, I, don't, I, I can't say what that plan is, and it might take you a while to figure it out, too. But I can tell you that when we give that thing to God, if that desire is still on our hearts, he has a plan for, for, for fulfilling it. And we have to just keep trusting him and bringing it back to him and saying, I'm not sure how this is supposed to work, Lord. I you know, keep giving it to you, and, and, and this thing hasn't changed, but show me what to do next. Show me what to do next. And we're just being obedient to that. And, and, and I think the Lord is going to use this, however it turns out, to draw you closer to your wife and draw both of you closer to him and, and really show you 
how to fulfill the dreams of your heart in ways that enable you to provide for your family too. I believe that with all of my heart because I've been through it. Yeah, you have. And, and uh, you know, the idea of doing pastoral telecounseling is, uh, is, is kind of crazy, right? But uh, back in 1998, when I was praying about how, how to better serve God and be more present to my family, he gave us this ministry. And it grew slowly very slowly over time and I have to say that you need to make sure you're keeping those spiritual ears open so you're saying to the Lord all the stuff that we just said but also Lord show me how to provide for my family while this grows you know so does this have to be you working another job part-time or full-time while you work on this at the same time which is difficult I know but you have to be listening and looking for those opportunities that may grow more into what you want don't ever come to God with a, just an all or nothing kind of attitude. You want to come with an open heart that says, Lord, I want you to teach me what you want us to do. And that includes the business. That includes how to take care of your other child while your wife is so sick. What you need to do as a family next. All of those things. If you come together to him, together to him, and just pour out your hearts to him every day, he will be more and more present in your life and guide you more strongly every day. All right, Richard, thank you so much for the call. I, I'm, I'm going to encourage you as a follow-up to this to take a look at two books. Um, the first one is Praying For and With Your Spouse. And it really, it's a book about how do we put God in the center of, the, uh, center of our relationship and discern things together. You know, how do we pray about what God is calling us to in our marriage life? How, how, is, what, how do we know what God wants us to do about our work stuff? And how do we as husbands and wives place God in the center of all of that. I, I think it's going to really open your eyes uh, and, and help you get clarity about what God's calling you to in the face of this question you're talking about. The other book that I'm going to suggest to you is our book on discernment, which really, you know, how do I know God's will for my life? It's called The Life God Wants You to Have. Uh, and it's really all about you know, hearing God's voice more clearly so that you really understand his will and, and, and you can follow the promptings of his Holy Spirit. All right, so you can check out both of those at catholiccounselors.com. And once again, the titles: The Life God Wants You to Have, is our book about discernment and praying for and with your spouse is all about how you can bring God into the center of your marriage and hear God speaking to you about what he's calling you your marriage your family and, and your personal life to be Richard thanks so much for the call keep listening to Real Presence Radio I'm so grateful that God is using it to bring himself more into your life and to have a living sacramental with you all the time like that really helps to open your spiritual ears and, and go grow closer to God so keep listening and if you need anything again give us a call back we are here for you Richard thank you so much for the call and welcome back to the church to that. so uh, as we're getting ready to, to come to our break here before we do i just wanted to share you know this season of lent is an opportunity to really dive more deeply into our spiritual life and if you would like to journey deeper into your understanding of the eucharistic mystery and understand the eucharistic story of god's love for us from the old testament to the institution of the eucharist i'd love to encourage you to download the free ebook 12 the 12 stations of the most holy eucharist you can find it at ewtn.com slash catholicism again that's the 12 stations of the most holy eucharist and you can get it at, it's free, ewtn.com slash Catholicism. I also want to mention um, that Lisa and I are, are very grateful to be given the opportunity to lead the family tr uh, programming track 
at the upcoming National Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis this July. And we'd love, and it's a great opportunity for whole families to come together to discover how encountering Christ in the Eucharist can transform everything about their family lives. We have a really fun experience, the Catholic Home Immersive Experience that'll, that whole families can go through. Every age and every stage of family. So check it out. If you'd like to learn more about that, you can go to eucharisticcongress.org. That's eucharisticcongress.org to learn about attending this historic event and bringing the whole family together to discover how encountering Christ in the Eucharist can help you create a more loving, connected, and caring Catholic household on mission. With that, it's time for our break. Let's uh, do our scripture of the day, though, that comes to us from Jeremiah 28, verse 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and hope. Amen. Something to remember uh, as we often struggle and feel tempted to settle. These words from Jeremiah remind us that God has a bigger plan and can see the bigger picture. And if we bring the situation to him, he'll teach us how to respond to it. It's one step at a time. With that, we are taking our break. But when we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about avoiding the temptation to stop settling and to choose abundance instead. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. If you're tired of settling in your work life, if you're tired of settling in your marriage, your relationship with your kids, or tired of feeling disappointed by the way certain things are turning out despite your best efforts to make changes, let us help you discern your next steps toward the abundant life God is calling you to live. 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your calls right after this break. I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. No, I didn't want to give up sin. I mean, the reason we sin is because sin is fun. But it's, it's self-love sin. But it's amazing with God's grace how easy trying to not sin it really is. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Are you longing to hear God's voice? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord Teach Me to Pray series now. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. 
Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, our show is titled Choosing Abundance. You know, in the face of the difficulties we encounter in our personal lives, in our relationships, there's a constant temptation to just settle, to just give in. You know, but, but Pope Francis had a powerful quote a little while ago. He said, the biggest danger in life is a bad spirit of adapting that is not meekless, meekness or humility, but mediocrity and making the excuse for doing nothing by saying, that's just the way I am, or just the way it is. Pope Francis encourages us to stop settling and realize that God has asked us to cooperate with his grace to address the problems that we see and to ask his guidance on how to respond to the challenges we face. And that is what building the kingdom of God means, overcoming those challenges through his grace or at least persistently working to overcome those challenges through his grace. And it's what we're really called to during Lent. And God will take any sacrifice we make and use it to help us grow spiritually and, and become more aware of our weakness and and more aware of what we need from him, which is a deeper relationship with him. But when we actively say, Lord, I want to work on having that abundant life not just giving up something that seems you know to placate the lord but really working on that relationship it opens up the doors to the holy spirit to change our lives completely in a great way well that we're talking with francis who's listening to ewtn radio in virginia streaming the ewtn radio network hey francis welcome more to life hi dr greg and lisa good morning um uh, I, I recently had a civil marriage with my soulmate. I found out from close friends at church that that we didn't ha- if we didn't have a sacramental marriage, we would be committing a mortal sin if we had sexual relations with each other. Mm-hmm. Francis, can I ask you: Is there a reason you didn't get married there. in the church? No, no. It was just a civ- it's just a civil marriage for now. Um, but why, and, uh, Francis? Why? I guess what I'm asking is why did you choose that? Sorry, sorry for interrupting. You're just trying to understand where you're coming from. What, why, why did you choose that as opposed to getting married in the church? Was there well, a reason in well, particular? Well, for one thing, we were we were we were uh, speaking with each other on on the phone uh, around uh, on text text messaging around uh, past midnight. <laughs> well, you know, Francis, I, th- just just saying, I want to get married to meet a certain urge or a certain need is not the reason that God calls us into marriage in any shape or form, but especially not, it's not a sacrament. Well, so let's talk about it. I mean, so, so, you know, St. Augustine talks about how, you know, marriage is the appropriate place for expressing those sexual desires, but, but why do we get married in the first place? And what does the church ask us to do uh, in marriage? And, and, And why would, why would your pastor tell you that it was a mortal sin to engage in relations with somebody that you're married to civilly, but not sacramentally. So, a civil marriage is just basically a tax document, 
right? You're, you're saying we're going to share, we're going to pay our time, we're going to share our stuff and, and claim our kids, and that's really those are really important commitments, and those are part those are part of the commitments that Catholics make to each other when we, we get married in the church. Um, but when we get married in the church, what we're really doing is promising to be each other's best hope, second only to the saving power of Jesus Christ, to help each other become everything we were created to be in this life, and get each other to heaven in the next. And and that's what our our love should be ordered to. Right? And the thing is, um, as Christians, well, human beings know that we all want to love and give love. We want to be loved and be loved and, and give love to another person. But we don't know how to do that in ways that are actually loving. You know, there are lots of times where I think I'm trying to be loving and I end up hurting somebody, right? And I have no idea on my own power to know how God wants me to love other people. So when I get married in the church, what I'm saying is, I don't know how to love this, but I have feelings of love for this person, but I don't know how to love them in a way that's actually loving, in a way that's actually the way God wants me to love them. So I'm coming to this place to learn how to do that. So when, we, when your pastor says it's a mortal sin to engage in relations with your civil wife, um, what he's saying is, Francis, that, that, that you don't know how to love this person in a way that's loving. And you don't, like anybody else, that's not, that's not personal against you. None of us do, right? And you don't know the first thing about loving her in a way that's godly. And so getting married in the church says, I am giving my love to God and asking him to teach me how to love this person in a way that is truly loving and truly godly. I'm not going to use this person just to scratch an itch. I'm not going to use this person just to make me feel good. I'm committing to spending the rest of my life to help this person become everything God created them to be and to help each other get to heaven in the next life. And that anything less than that is settling. And mortal sin is basically the ultimate form of settling. It's where I say, I'm going to pursue my own way over God's way, and I don't care what God wants because this drive or this urge or this desire in this moment is the most important thing to me. Heck with the rest of it. That's what makes it a mortal sin. It's not just that I broke a rule or that I didn't follow the thing. You know, It's, it's that I'm choosing less than the love God wants to give me. I'm choosing to scratch an immediate itch, whether that's a sexual itch or any other itch. I'm choosing to scratch that immediate itch in exchange for the great love that God wants to give me and wants to teach me how to give to this woman that I'm marrying to, that I'm married to. So, Francis, that's that's the issue here. You know, you have to really look at why you're getting married. You know, are you getting married because you really do want to cooperate with God's grace, to help each other become everything you were created to be in this life, and get to heaven in the next, in which case you should be in a sacramental marriage, or are you just getting married to use her because you have certain itches that you need to scratch, which is really, de- which is really degrading to both of you, and that's why it's a moral sin. So, Francis, I, I hope that these understand these comments will help you understand what your pastor was trying to say to you. We talk more about this in our book, For Better Forever, A Catholic Guide to Lifelong Marriage, which really describes what makes Catholic marriage unique, what you have a right to expect from a healthy, godly Catholic marriage, and how you can develop the skills you need to cooperate with that grace to have that relationship. Thanks so much for the call. With that, we've got to head out of here, but thank you so much for tuning in to our show titled Choosing Abundance. And if you are looking for ways to pursue abundance in every part of your life, 
Come to CatholicCounselors.com to learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice, where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage, family, or personal life. Again, that's CatholicCounselors.com. And folks, remember, get out there and celebrate the life God has for you, because you know what? With His grace, there is so much more to life. Thanks for tuning in. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.